today on the uh, Sin City podcast, Sin City Runaround, uh, we will be discussing shoes for a short while. We'll be discussing uh, cross training and strength training for a short while. And neither one will be going into a lot of detail because we just tend to go off and ramble. Oh, I'm sorry. That was me. Um, but uh, we did find out that uh, Andrew favors some Newtons. And we found out that Sarah likes to, tr- or she's trying out some Hoka's. Um, so Andrew, Sarah, what else did we talk about on this podcast? We talked about uh, strength training. Um, uh, people need to figure out what works for them. Um, the various different types of training to do. Yeah, a little bit of uh, cross training, you know, whether that be swimming or or Lachlan's favorite, a uh, hundred mile bike ride through through the wilderness. Welcome to the second episode of the Sin City Runaround. Um, I do like that name, by the way, and I am sticking to it. I like it better than the uh, Run All of Things. What do you guys think? You like that name better, or do you have other names in, uh, you would like to see instead? Kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it does. I, I, I came up with it like on a whim, and it just sounded good. So, uh, Welcome to the Sin City Runaround, episode two. Um, we have Andrew and Sarah on the line, which they were on last week's call, so I don't need to go into the full introduction here. Say hello, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, we were we were just having a, a small conversation about how uh, people are late, so we will hope that they join here shortly. Uh, I am your host, Lachlan McGregor. I am the, uh, the founder of Sin City Run Club. Um, so I, I put out a poll for this week's topic, and we had a, a couple of topics on the list. As of as with last week, we had a tie. So uh, the first topic was shoes, and the second topic was cross training and strength training. So shoes, what comes to mind when you think of shoes when it comes to running? Uh, what kind of things do you guys uh, think about when you're going to select your shoes? How much cushioning? It has. Do you like the new the new um, foam tech that's been coming out lately? With uh, I mean, I think Adidas came out with it. One of the first ones to come out with it. And um, I wear Brooks and Saucony, but I'm trying out Hoka's. I'm wearing them once a week to see if I like them. They're more cushiony than my other ones. Hoka's are, yeah. As a long distance runner, one of the things that I, I recently discovered was cushioning. And, and so bringing that up was a good point, um, especially with the advanced foam technology that's been coming out. So the micro, I don't know, everyone's got their own name for it. But um, I started realizing having cushioning is a good thing for a long distance runner. And, and we don't always we don't think about that because we're thinking about everything else. I wear Newtons. I have for couple years now doesn't matter the distance you know 5k all the way up to my distance pr of 107 miles um i switch between the distance and the gravity but other than that it's those two shoes i have a pair of the bocos for trails and that's that's about it so so on the newtons and for those that don't know about newtons they they have uh what's known as lugs so on, on the padding of the foot where you're supposed to hit when you're running, if you're, if you're running properly, mind you, um, there is uh, basically uh, four, was it four or five right now, uh, strips, strips of rubber basically underneath that, that area of the foot. And it's supposed to give more spring and more, like I said, it, it really is meant for someone who has really good form it's not always for someone who doesn't have really good form. What do you think about the lugs on the bottom and, 
and especially like the number of lugs because I know that that Newton has experimented with adding more. Yeah, they did. When I first tried them uh, a few years back, they had kind of a, a less lug. Um, I forget the exact number. I should just look at one of my shoes, but they're a little bit further away than I am currently. But that was three. Um, I think that sounds right. Like I said, I could look. It just the shoes are a little far away. But but anyway, so they had less lugs back a few years ago, and I really didn't care for them a ton. But then they added one, um, and they became a lot more comfortable and just a lot more usable for me. And I I haven't looked back. Uh, so for me, they they work perfectly. They you kind of hit right on the uh, sort of mid to forefront, slightly, mm-hmm. not quite super forefront, but kind of like right on the ball of your foot. Um, at first, they're kind of, you know, the first time you run them, you, you might not be used to them. But then after that, you, you do kind of get used to that. And it, it really does, at least for me, you know, it just it doesn't really feel any different than any other shoe. I mean, I walk in them now too. I not my running shoes. I have an older pair, but I'll, I'll walk in them. They still pop a little bit. Um, but obviously I'm using my heel a little bit more when I'm walking versus running or even when I'm running a hundred miles or a 50 K or a 50 miler, you know, I'm not going to be always on the mid to forefront. I'm going to be hitting the heel at some point, especially when tired. And I've never really noticed an issue. Maybe the first one or two times I ran in them, but um, you know, not, not since. And that's been, it's been years now. Right. So I, I started in Nike um, back when uh, I started running in, uh, oh, shoot, 2014. Um, so, as, I mean, it honestly hasn't been that long since I started running, but that's when I, the first shoe I bought was over at uh, Mojo Running Company over in Westchester, Ohio, and uh, uh, they put me in a, a Nike. And, um I really dug dug the uh, the style of the shoe, but um, it was very tight in the toe box, which I, I mean that's a very big issue. Um, but then I moved uh, after I started running with Buckeye Running Company, um, 2015, right, uh, or 16 maybe. Um, uh, Brett Arnold over there turned me on, and you turned me on to the Newtons, and I started running in the Gravities. And uh, for someone who at that point started running uh, late in life and not understanding technique and stuff. I, I did not have a proper form. I probably still don't have proper form. Um, I have better form than I used to, but I, I certainly don't have proper form, but I, I felt like at, at that at some point, I just felt like those, I wasn't getting the, the benefit out of that. And then generation three and the gravity. Uh, so, so generation three of gravity or three or four, one of those. I think it's three. No, I want. No, it was four. Anyway, one of the generations, the lug fell off. The lugs were like cheaply made. You could tell, um, and that turned me off. And then I also got the waterproof ones and had some problems with bruising around my ankle. And yeah. so uh, it, that, and and then I had some really bad customer service. It was kind of at that point where Newton was restructuring and trying to figure their their future vision for the company and it just it was a bad time for me to have problems with the shoe because I just just gave up because that was the point I mean it was like like I said it all kind of came together at the same time I'm not saying that Newton's a bad shoe and I'm not saying the company's bad at all or anything like that just saying like at that time it was perfect for me to move on because of all the stuff that was going on with the company and with with the quality of the product and with um and, and and I know I I have noticed that the the the, the newer generation ones have gotten better again, and, and so they've addressed those quality issues, which I appreciate, and I think they've gotten some of their customer service issues addressed as well. So I appreciate that as well. Um, but um, I I've moved on. I've moved into at this point the Saucony Freedoms, and again, I mentioned Brett Arnold earlier. I guess he's a big influence on me. <laughs> even though he doesn't even know it, but uh, the Saucony Freedoms were something that he, as soon as he put on that shoe, he said that was one of his favorite shoes he ever had, and he never looked back. Um, and so that's where I'm in right now. Um, to, to go back to Sarah's uh, shoe, when she was trying the, the Hoka's, um, I, I will say that I had, I have tried the Hoka's, 
and the 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 heel to toe ratio was too high and I didn't quite take that into account so it really kind of messed me up when I tried to try move from a very low um, low drop to a very high drop without taking that into account um, it I really had I had a problem with Hocus um, but uh, do you do, what kind of drop do you have in the Brooks and the Saucony versus the Hoka? Um. My Saucony's are an eight millimeter drop and uh, my Brooks are a 10. Okay, so you're already used to the high drop. Yeah, like the low drop, I tried a low drop last year and it didn't go very well. They were like um, New Balance Zanti, Zanties. Mm -hmm. I tried those and it was ugly. So then I ended up making them mocking shoes. I, I, um... The, the Zanties, they had a pair of um, Boston. They call them Boston, mm -hmm. which which was very, I think it was completely no drop. What was it, no drop or very short drop? And I just bought them because they were called Bostons. And I'll, that's like, any anytime I can get as close to Boston without having to qualify for it, I usually jump at it because I'll, I don't ever think I'll qualify for Boston. So that's why I bought those. Plus, they were really nice looking. Speaking of Boston, can we just say congratulations because by the time this airs, you know, most, if not everybody, will have run their virtual Boston. We helped some folks out this past weekend uh, run there. So little unusual year Boston didn't happen. So this is virtual Boston. The folks, a um, couple folks from the area, they went down to one of our trails here, the Little Miami, if you're in the area, and, and ran it there. So congratulations to all those, not just Absolutely. the people we know, but everybody. Absolutely. That was, that was a fantastic event to, to be a part of. Um, I mean, again, like I said, if I, if I don't if it's, if it's a Boston, I'll jump at it if I don't have to qualify for it because I'll never qualify for it until I'm like 70 or 80 years old. And by then they probably move the time up so I can't qualify for it again. But, um, well, I mean, there were multiple, I even saw like on Instagram and other places, like to saw, see all the other runners that were not in the area, but to also be set up. I mean, we, we set up a station with um, the Buckeye Running Company in Milford, Ohio. Um, we set up a station at the trailhead there and uh, were able to provide a very uh, large amount of stuff. Uh, party poppers were my, my favorite one there. Um because uh, I thought that was cool. We, we were right. I, I tried to set it up at the very end of the run so that we could give those kind of like celebration things out to people. And it was really neat to see them uh, use them. And it was neat to be a part of it. Um, they even made like the local news. And I know Jess Lane and, and Jason Lane and all the people that were involved in that whole event uh, did a great job and, and put on a really good event. And, and, uh, uh, kudos to them and, and kudos to all the runners for that. I know there was a group also that ran the other direction on the same trail from uh, Loveland and uh, also congratulations to them as well. The, the uh, One of my favorite Brits in the entire world, uh, Jackie Wilson. I'm going to mention her just because I love her to death. Um, she came, she moved, she moved recently and she came back to, to be able to, to run that with the uh, local local crew the mrtt crew and and all of her friends so that was that was nice to watch in terms of she wrote her blogs are great uh, but uh thanks for bringing that up i appreciate that too no i do what i can so okay so shoe style um how much is that important to you guys style meaning color or style meaning like they have a set of wings on them what, what do you mean I, I don't. I don't really pay attention to wings on shoes, but they're wrong, Danny. I was just making sure you. that's not what you meant. So, assuming you mean color, I love. No, I meant shoe. like mohawks on shoes. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I like a bright shoe. The brighter, the brighter the shoe, the faster you are. That said, I have some shoes that aren't so bright. I'm not, you know, I'm not upset by them. It's just that's the shoe that was available and the model that was available at the time. You know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I, li I like the bright shoes. Not because they make me really fast, because let's be honest, there are plenty of people faster than me. But, yeah, bright shoes, they stand out. Look nice. 
I am a fan of colorful shoes too. For a while, I was obsessed with white and pink shoes a couple years ago. But now, I'm kind of liking black shoes. So, so how many, and this is something that I've, as a minimalist, I guess, I guess I am one. I have one or two pair of shoes at any given time that I run in. How many pairs do you guys have on any given occasion to run in? About three. I am down to two pairs of road shoes and one pair of trail shoes, but I have had as many as 10 that I used to run in between. When you were Newton ambassador, right? Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. But, oh yeah. So, so Andrew was a Newton ambassador at one point. Um, disclaimer. So that's why he had more shoes. Um, obviously budget wise, that's a big key. I, I know people that have a shoe obsession and, and have a closet full of them. And every single time I see them show up at a run, they've got a new pair of shoes. Mm. I, I, I like having two pair, maybe three pair, depending on, um, the, the, okay. Well, for me, I'm, I'm primarily a road race, a road yeah, a road runner in a race. Like I, I sign up for road races mostly and I have like one trail run a year that I a trail race run a year at the most. Um, so I, I do have a pair of, of Topo Athletics. They are a minimal drop, zero drop actually, I think. Um, those things are grippy as hell. Um, I, I think if... I think if I was going up a very steep incline, no matter what it was, I could, it would be like a suction cup at this point, based on my experience. It doesn't matter if it's wet or dry. Those things, excuse me, uh, based on my experience are awesome. I had a pair of uh, Peregrine trail shoes. Uh, those were Saucony. And uh, I had a problem with the mud getting caked in the cleats. Um, I know that the future generations of Peregrines have, have, eliminated that issue but the also one of the problems i had with those is that they were very heavy so um the the topo so far uh and i don't remember the 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 the, the gener i'm sorry I, I forget which ones they are offhand um but they have been fantastic i've only really worn them twice but or no three three or four times and uh the the water the mud just rolls right off of them so I, I love them. I love the Topo so far. Um, I've seen the Zero Shoe advertisements on Facebook. Um, what you have the the Bocas that you wear for a trail? Yeah, the Newton Bocas. Just another another uh, version of Newton, just a little more aggressive for the uh, for the trails. Do you have any trail shoes, Sarah? I do not have any. I was thinking of getting some soon, just not sure what kind to get. Just for clarity's sake, I think she's run a total of two times on a trail. Once with me when I ran Burning River, and she didn't much care for it. And then I think one or two other times tops. But yeah. at Burning River, I tripped and hurt myself. I remember. So that's why. I do remember that. That was that was a, an event. Um, and it took a long time. I mean, you were you got pretty injured on that too. That's yeah, nuts. I couldn't like move like my um uh my rib like not that we move our ribs, but I couldn't like move my back easily because my ribs mm -hmm. would hurt, and they hurt for like a month. I couldn't even do a plank for like a month. <sighs> it was. I hurt. hate when you get the like the upper body stuff, and you're just like. Ugh. Because you know it's going to impact you on your lower body stuff, too. I was going to say, I couldn't run for two weeks. Um, I tried running maybe a few days after Burning River, and, like, my rib hurt so bad. I'm like, I can't do this. I couldn't, like, breathe that well either. Um, but after a couple of weeks, I could run, but it wasn't, you know, very far. I couldn't do any strength training for about a month. But it, it was rough. Yeah, I, 
I just remember seeing pictures of that area too. That was a rough area to to go up and and around. Trail trails are tricky beasts. I had so and I I ran in. Um, so going back to the shoe subject, I ran in the on clouds, my first trail race, um, which I, I actually I and I've worn on clouds on the trail since then, and they have changed the style of shoe. One of the things I liked about the on clouds. I, I kind of enjoyed the style that they have on the on the bottoms, and it was neat at first. Um, I always got rocks stuck in the middle of, of the the webbing there, but um, just the springiness of that shoe was always a good thing. Um, but then, uh, anyway, so the, about the I just remember with the on clouds, it was it was strange because it wasn't a, a it was not a trail shoe, but I ran in mud. Uh, one of my first trail races and um, it was lighter than my trail shoes at the time. Like I actually bought Peregrines and I ran in on clouds and the on clouds were, were lighter with the mud caked on of them as much as light as, or as heavy, I'm sorry, as the Peregrines, which was interesting. So I, I, I have tried it since then and I, I don't find them as comfortable I still find them a very light shoe, but I, I think that the company has kind of changed their approach to the shoe and moved to a different, I don't know. I was going to say, you, we had a nice little segue a moment ago and you, you rolled right past it. We were talking, you know, Sarah said she couldn't strength train. So, you know, speaking of strength training. Oh yeah. Our second, second topic that we were going to move quickly to that I've extended yeah. to not doing that. I was I was trying to go with a nice segue and you just blew right by it and I was well, how about you in, how about you intro that topic then? I just did. Speaking of strength training, wasn't that one of our topics for this evening? It was. So strength training or cross training. Well what kind of things what kind of strength training, cross training does does Lachlan do? What what does he advise folks to do that he's Working with, well, I, I use the term working with, but, you know, you have a, you, you're Sin City. What kind of things do some of those uh, individuals do? And what do you do? What do you recommend? Well, it, it's a good question. Uh, I do nothing, mostly. That's kind of my, my approach. Um, there was, actually, there was a time where I was really trying to get into that. Uh, runners are the worst when it comes to that sort of, like, okay, so... I, I think there are two categories of runners um, and the majority are in the first category, which is we run and we like to run and that's what we do. And that's like, so those categories of strength trainers are the ones that have a very hard time doing anything else because we, we run when we're stressed. And so the, the high intensity or, any type of other training is is kind of outside of that category so like i i get stressed i run on a 5k every day at lunch when i can right that's when i get stressed or when i'm i'm when i have an opportunity with my work day um and then the second category is like the ones that are like obsessed with strength training that do and and they don't they're not the ones that even say that they do any strength training like they're I, and i've noticed that like they do serious strength training, like high intensity training at lunch or whatever. And, and you never would even know it because they don't talk about it. So, I mean, that's my experience. Um, what do you, what do you guys think in that area? Is it, is it like, do you have the same experience that I do where there's like two categories of people or? I think so. I noticed that there's a lot of people that that don't do it at all. And like you said, they like to run like all the time. And then there's another group of people that are, I consider them pretty cautious. Um, they kind of like follow the rules and they straight train. Um, and I follow like those kinds of people on Instagram where some of them, like, they don't strength train at all. They just run, run, run. And other ones, you know, just go on and on about strength training. And they spend a lot of time doing it. You and bring up a good point on yeah. the Instagram thing, by the way. 
and 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 just to, not to to interrupt you t- before you move on, but I'm just saying like I know who does strength training on Instagram, and I know I know the first category, I know the second category. Like Instagram is very clear on that topic. Yeah, like a lot of people do, and like sometimes they even post workouts. Like some people will post workouts. Um, then then you just watch them, and then you make sure you're doing it right. Um, Nike training, the Nike training app I use sometimes for my core work and they have little videos like that show you how to do the exercise, which helps me because I like to do any strength training at home. Like I feel a little self-conscious doing it at the gym. So if I can do it at home and watch a video on my phone, then that works for me. Yeah, for me, I'm more of a, I like to do more cross training than just strength training per se. I do some body weight and a little bit of strength training, but mostly, you know, I'll go to the gym, go to the pool. Um, that's what I like to do. And I think that kind of helps a little bit um, overall. So I don't do much of just strength training, but more of the, more of the cross training, like I said, especially in the pool. Has that changed with COVID though? No, I took a few months off, but I'm back to the back to swimming. I mean, my gym is open. Uh, the only difference between pre-COVID and now is my gym's not open quite as late, but I never went late to the gym anyway. And I have to wear a mask while I'm changing. No big deal there. Uh, when I hit the pool, I throw my mask in the bag. I swim. I go change after a quick shower, put the mask back on to leave. And that's really the only difference. Swimming is still swimming. Uh, they, that or? No, not at my gym. I have heard some, you know, schedule, but uh, the gym I go to is this pool was never the biggest thing or anything. Um, so it was fairly open. So mm-hmm. I usually walk in. The most I've had to wait was maybe two or three minutes. The only rule that exists at the pool now is you have to, one lane is one person, but to be quite honest, that was always the case at the gym because everybody, and I hate to say this and I hate to sound, you know, almost uh, like a jerk, but reality was so many people don't really know how to swim all that well. And they take up an entire lane because their form is not very good. Um, Very rarely could you share a lane with anybody pre COVID. And now you can't now that COVID's here, but that was, like I said, based on the way most people swam in the pool, you weren't, you weren't sharing anyway. I I tend to call myself Bob in the pool. So it's all good. Yeah. So when when you do, so when you cross train in the pool since, uh, or or when you go to the gym, um, so I do a 5k at lunch. What is your pool training kind of go to when it comes to cross training um, what is your bike like so well I don't I don't even know like I'm, I'm sure that there are typical exercises that runners do that also bikers do and that swimmers do um so yeah I mean would it, in a pool not, like what's the what's the distance that you normally aim for um and on a bike what would you aim for well I don't bike nearly as much as I used to in fact that happens in about a year um you know, just time with everything. I, I'm doing too many other things uh, outside of running and going to like the pool. But so biking, I really couldn't answer that question. But for swimming, you know, I'll go out most days for about 45 minutes an hour. It just kind of depends. But, you know, similar to running. Is it, is it time-based then? Yeah, usually it's just time constrained. Whenever I have time, I'll go in. But Um, I don't necessarily shoot for a a set distance. I know some people will, especially when they're training for a bigger event, but you know, you might have days where I might just do a straight, you know, longer swim, whatever that number is, you know, let's just say a mile or two, um, which are fairly long swims. You know, I might say once I hit a mile, I'm done, but there are other days I might do a shorter workout where I might, you know, do interval training, sort of like what you would do, you know, when you're running, you might go out and do some intervals that day and it might be, you know, 50 meter repeats. You, you swim them hard and then you take a short break 
you swim another set hard, you know, you might do that 10 times. So your my, your workout may be mostly intervals. Um, so I guess it, that makes it sense. Depends on the day. It's hard. It, I mean, honestly, like all I think about when it comes to swimming is like mostly suffocating and dying. Um, so I, I, I could probably do biking, but I don't, I don't have a bike that um, is good for that at the point. I don't have a cycle. Sorry. Whatever. Um, like right now I, I have a bike that weighs uh, a, a very heavy amount that would not be conducive for a long bike. And I think I told you the other day on the bike path, like um, if I had a good bike, I would probably alternate that and, and be fine with it. But I would almost be afraid that I would enjoy it way too much. Cause not that, and I'm not saying that it would be easier than running, but I would just go so far and just not realize how far out I am um, with running. Yeah. I have a very, very keen sense of, my abilities and with biking i just absolutely do not um well, it, so but i mean that's just experience right so when I, when I was on the bike more i just didn't like it as much as swimming i didn't like it as much as running so i still have my bike and certainly if you get a fancier bike maybe we can go for a hundred mile bike ride i'd have to work up to it so would you but we could do that i'd be all about that um now i mean the, the pool um i i just I'm not good at swimming. So again, like that's something I have to practice. Like, like I said, bike biking is, is, uh, uh, or cycling is a much easier, I guess an easier step for me than, than swimming because swimming involves knowing when to breathe and all the interesting stuff. Now on the other side of cross training, I mean, you, you also have the, you know, st stairs, hills, uh, the the strength training from a uh, more of a um, well, I mean, obviously there's weights involved too with some people. I I, I have never done any type of weight training. Um, I do find it funny. So this is something where this is where strength training becomes oh hey stupid you're you should be strength training is when, whenever anybody's had an injury and they go to a PT folk person to be able to try to adjust and, and fix stuff, right? It, it, and this is my experience. You guys may have a different experience. But um, when I went there, I had a problem with, uh, I think at the time it was my perineal tendon, which is the outside of your ankle. My left, my left the outside of my left ankle was, was really messed up. Um, it really um, impacted one of my, um, one of my marathons that I ran and I went to a PT guy and we're, I, I ended up spending like, I think eight weeks of doing nothing to do with my ankle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually with stuff like that, you, you always hear about imbalances. I don't know what your case was specifically, but you always hear, well, something's, you know, out of balance and strength training kind of helps balances the muscles up. It's, and, and I'm no physical therapist. I'm not a, uh, a weight trainer by any means. And I don't really do, like I said, I don't do a ton of weights myself, but I've always heard, you know, doing some body weight exercises doing free weights will help kind of offset imbalances because the reality is if you're doing body weight exercise, at least this is my understanding, if you're doing free weights, you know, you're using your big muscles, but also to help keep yourself kind of steady in using the muscles, right? You, you use the smaller, you know, muscles as well. And that kind of helps keep things even, I guess you could say more balanced. Whereas, you know, if you're just doing one thing or if you're using the machines, my understanding is that might hit the big muscles, you know, great. Um, but the reality is some of those supporting muscles aren't getting the workout that they need and you end up with that imbalance and that could also lead to injury. Again, not a, not a person who knows weights. Maybe we'll get some comments telling me how wrong this actually is. I'm not sure. Maybe somebody can correct that. But that's always been my understanding um you know free weights 
and and body weight would be a good way to do it to kind of help you know i don't i don't I, I don't normally go with free weights but i i, I will say that when it comes to legs which a fairly logical conclusion which i always reach is that and this is something as a runner is very easy to tell right uh, you have a very small um sore spot right um when when you go out running like today um my my left my sorry my right quad was not happy i could tell um because when i went to go run it was just it it was just not there was no spring it was like it was just dead you just hit the ground it was like okay you're not going to react and so everything else on uh, both legs adjusted to that one spot and that's the thing with legs when you're running is that that's what happens like you can have a very small muscle that you'd probably or or tendon or something that you normally don't pay attention to it could have and it, it doesn't have to be a major injury it could just be a very small tight spot that you have not worked out or you haven't spent enough rest time or whatever and and that's where you can start feeling these things and and yeah maybe we can get um some of our chiropractic friends on on a, a, pod, a future podcast here to discuss that or a future pt I, I i don't know any pt people that could be on this but maybe we can get some of our pt folks to be on this one and and discuss how that all works out because it all shifts everything shifts and and then and this is where injuries become a very prominent part. When that happens, when you shift your your typical stance or your typical, uh, sorry, your typical stride, you you adjust, and so different muscles are handling different stress, and and they aren't equipped because we go back, and this goes back to that strength training thing. If you have muscles that you haven't trained in a normal run to handle the, the stress of a run that may be happening at that moment, then they are going to fail. They're going to cause injury. They're going to lead to worse things along the way. And, and it can even lead to things as far as, as weird as stress fractures. As, uh, I mean, my first experience, and you guys probably know this as well, right? Um, shin splints. Like since when's were like my first experience with running? <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had those before. It's like the I, first I, pain I, I had with running was with shin splints. And my Achilles too. I wore um when I was brand new at running, I didn't I would buy like Phyla running shoe or fila running shoes from Kohl's. Oh, nice. I, I, didn't, I didn't like when I I wasn't sure how much I was gonna like running so I didn't really want to spend a lot of money on like real running shoes so I know that's how I first felt and that killed my Achilles this is when I wore those shoes from Kohl's and then after that I'm like I can't wear these shoes anymore. Fila is so like the like you could run or you could rap, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like um, so when I first started running, the the two the two pieces of advice that I was given was um, stress fractures and hydration. And so I had a Camelback at the time, loaded it up with water, and I went through that entire Camelback in like a mile um and i mean it was a typical camelback of water so that tells you how much i was overhydrating at that point um <laughs> but the the other part was a stress fracture and that was like i i i got shin splints because i was pounding i was just wanting to do it so hard it's like yeah, i need to get at this and i was killing myself and of course when you go from zero to 60 on a run, if you haven't worked up that mileage, you're going to have the, the, you know, you're going to have the shin splints 
And so I, I, I immediately stopped running for like two weeks and went to my doctor and was like, hey, I've got this pain in my leg. I need, and I have a stress fracture. And he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that type of stuff, unfortunately, you know, that, that happens. And it's just all about, you know, making sure that you're building in a proper manner. Some people go out and, you know, like you said, zero to 60, they start running and they go all in, which is great until they start running, you know, 50, 60 miles because they hear, you know, they hear folks say, oh, how much do you run? Well, I run, you know, 50 miles a week. Oh, okay. I, that's probably what I need to do. Well, you just started out. You probably should not be doing 50, 60, 70 miles a week. But some people are like that. They jump in and then unfortunately get injured and some do stick around. Some, uh, decide they're they don't want to hang out anymore or they don't want to they don't want to run i should say because the last time they tried it they got injured and so they and so they stopped unfortunately yeah so and, and and this goes back to the the i guess the main point and i probably should have stressed this more like when it comes to strength training the the big key is that you should be doing Okay, and this is this is from the do as I say, not as I do category of me, right? Because I don't do this. But theoretically, like the, the proper way to run is you run your miles during the week and you've got your strength training during the week. And that is your weekly thing, right? You have days for cross training or strength training. You have days for rest. You have days for mileage. Um but it's, it's a combination of all of these multiple things that you should be doing. Um, and it doesn't take much either. Like literally you can do 15 squats every morning and, and that's a good strength training. That, that is a very good strength training for, for certain areas of your legs. It's not complete, but if you did that, you'd be better than me right now because I just run, right? So you're better than me. You're doing what I say and not what I do. Um, if you do lunges, like literally you could take a 15 minute, uh, program every single day and 15 minutes is not difficult for people. I, I don't think, um, and I'm, I'm not saying that it is, or it is not difficult for me. I'm saying I just haven't done it and it's my own fault. But if you can take 15 minutes out of your day to do a, a, a simple, maybe 20 squats, 20 lunges, um, uh, I don't know, bicycle kicks. It, it, it honestly, it doesn't take much to build up strength in your legs to uh, handle the load, and it does make you a better runner. Period. It just does. And and I would say, categorically, that I am not a better runner because I do not do that. Period. I, I think you guys would probably agree with that. That I'm not a better runner because of that. You want me to agree that you're not a better runner? Is that what I'm understanding? I think that's the, the yeah, yeah. I'm and not a better I'm runner. I'm tell you that you're, you're not a better runner if you, if you buy. <laughs> I'm fine with, with telling you you're not a better runner than, say, like myself. I'm, I'm good with that. Well, I mean, I, I would say that you go swimming once, you know, once a week or whatever you do, right? I would say you're a better runner because of that. Uh, any any kind of cross training you do, uh, regardless of what it is that you do, even if it's a very simple thing, it makes you a better runner. Period. Yeah, I mean it's certainly going to help. Now we're going to talk about form, and and again, when it comes to injury and 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 things of that nature, when it, or just even sore legs, right? Um, there are so many things that go into running, and that's why we have – this is one of the reasons we have this podcast is to explore those different areas. Um, there are a lot of different areas of, of, you know, nutrition, eating, strength training, shoes. Um, uh, we didn't really get into why you would buy certain shoes versus other shoes. We just talked about what shoes we would buy. Maybe that's what we'll hit next time. Maybe that's what people were asking for. I, I was hoping for a little bit more participation so we could get that kind of perspective here. Um, but maybe we'll do that again. Um, 
I, I just, I've always found that, and this is why I'm into the sport is that running is such a very expansive, you, you, there are so many different things that you can do to make yourself better. Yeah. I mean, every, everybody has their own way of kind of doing things. Sure. There's, you know, better approaches, but it's an activity that most folks can do. Uh, I wouldn't go so far to say everyone can, but you know, even folks who have, you know, various ailments and whatnot, you know, most folks can do it. And it's just about finding the right approach for you. Um, not everybody has to go out and be, you know, the fastest guy out there. You know, nobody has to go out and be you know, Usain Bolt every every time they run. Um, but you find what works for you and, you know, that's that might be short runs and that's totally fine. A different mileage too for different people because I think like some people can handle higher mileage and it's definitely hard not to compare because you might look at someone else and think why can they run more than me but anyway like Andrew said different approaches for different people so there isn't a one-size-fits-all sometimes you have to like do trial and error and figure out what works. Yeah, the 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 shorter mileage has always killed me. The five Ks, like fast five Ks, I've already I like I already gave up on the the getting my PR again because it was like twenty two minutes and I'll never get that again. But I, I just I, I hate I hate the pounding, and it's it, it's funny because it's like. People say the same thing about these longest smiles that I want to do, but it's it's a different it's a different pounding, and and I think it's more mental in my head. But um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Just, it requires different you know different skills, fast twitch versus uh, slower twitch. Uh, if you're running, if you're running, you know, crazy long miles, you don't necessarily need those you know, muscles working quite as fast. So it, it might be, a, you know, fast switch versus slower twitch yeah. um, muscle fibers. So 5K, you need to be on your game. You, you're you basically at a 5K, you know, you're going to be redlining or right at redlining the entire time. If you're doing that for, heck, is anything like a half marathon, you might end up uh, injuring yourself. Um Half marathon for some, maybe a full marathon for others, but certainly, you know, anything full mile, full marathon, probably longer. You know, if if you're redlining that entire time, you're going to be in a bad place at the end of those 26.2 or whatever miles. Well, I mean, again, going back to the topics, and, and I think, again, I, I think – just talking about it just gives us an opportunity to explore more about the topics because shoes can make a difference on a run. Uh, same with strength training. Um, I, I think strength training is a more important topic to me for running because I, I think that you can wear a lot of different shoes, but if you're not doing the proper strength training, you you can be impacted. Um, I, I do think that the other topic when you're coming to long distances, if you have not done proper strength training or it, it can impact you on longer distances more, in my opinion, because your muscles will give out more. You can overcome that by training and dealing with it because your muscles actually will, you, you've, you've actually kind of trained around the problem. Um, but again, going back to what do as I say, not as I do, I, I think that um, if you can do like the simple things on a regular basis, it will help you be a better runner, uh, especially in the longer distances. So like so just for example, the um, there's a group that we're in on Facebook that uh, is for uh, ultra distance runners. And everyone's about elevation, just doing that elevation training. And I don't do it. I need to, and I've been trying to. Uh, Mason's a very flat area, so it's not it's not something local to me that, in other words, I need to make an effort to, to make it happen. And that's, I think that's why I trail run more. The, these people that do these 
very, very, very steep elevation changes as like a repeat thing. Um, and, and, and not like repeats, like it, it honestly, like even with my, my running group, we do hill repeats for the flying pig, but we don't do it to the extreme nature that some of these other people do where they're doing 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 repeats on, uh, for example, it, those that are local, the Caesars Creek dam. That's just nuts. I tried doing one. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even finish one. I was out of breath. I've seen the rocks on top of that, at the top of that hill. And I, I, I put one rock down. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, this, this is probably a whole discussion on its own and, yeah, you know, but I'm, I'm a firm believer on specificity. You know, if your race is going to be mostly flat on a rails to trails, why not go run? what is a rails to trails here in our neck of the woods, the little Miami bike path. If your run is going to be hilly, you know, hit the hills, there's a little more nuance than that that's required. But yeah, I mean, if, if you're training for a hilly race up and down a mountain, don't go running a bike trail for a hundred miles. Sure. The mileage helps, but you need to, you need to hit the hills too. But I hit like the, I, said, I hit the a, bike trail and the hills. Well, it's debatable if you, what you call a hill is actually a hill. We'll leave it at that. Like I said, maybe this is a discussion we can have a little bit further on. That's uh, true. Future, future episode. We can do. We we can actually talk about hills as a, as a later episode. All right. Well, um, let's uh, close this out. Um, 